teachings during the morning sessions for 21 days of prayer. And as we just finished that up, and now we're you know, heading into this service, I didn't really plan what my next service will be. I try and be fluid with the Holy Spirit and trying to feel what the next message should be. And it was just really interesting that in the middle of the different teachings every morning, we had a 10-minute time in the mornings, that all of a sudden a theme started rising up. And then our service messages that what I feel God was giving me for that day, just more and more, I just kept seeing this theme pop up. And then last week I talked about a vision that I had when I was at Christ for the Nations. And, you know, that didn't have a happy outcome that I, I missed it on. And then I saw that we were to have a prayer service, and I saw a chair just like this one setting just like this up here. And there's nothing special about the chair. It could have been any one of the other chairs, but it was just a chair positioned like that. And I saw that God wanted to use that to heal some people. And Miss Janelle was so kind to give me a testimony that I want to just read to you guys and just kind of share with you that God is still moving today. And she gave this to me during the 21 days of prayer as we're talking about all this stuff. This is a church that she actually was at and saw the service. She said it was in the night service and it was just ending. And I noticed a woman across the aisle to my left had seemed to be in trouble and saw her husband trying to keep her from falling. But she did fall and a doctor and a nurse in the congregation weaved their way to reach her. She apparently had had a heart attack. Her color was now a pasty gray, and the doctor looked at the pastor and shook his head that Gay Woods, the lady that we're talking about, was gone. She had died. They could not find a pulse. The pastor told us he didn't want anyone to leave. We have called an ambulance, and we don't want cars leaving and blocking them from being able to get in the door. So everyone, just stand to your feet, lift your hands towards heaven, and we're just going to start praying. Gay herself described what happened. She saw her spirit had left her body, and she was above all of us. And as we began calling out to God in prayer, she saw the prayers rising to God as a bright beam of light. Then the beam of light came back down and touched her heart. By the time the ambulance reached the ER, she had received completely She recovered completely, and the doctors told her she had a perfect heart like that of a woman 20 years younger. I saw her a few years ago at a church reunion, and we marveled at how our God had reacted to their prayers. It was just really cool to get a perspective of somebody who actually had a firsthand, you know, front row seat to it, and saw, and the lady describing them, when she's like making the transition, that she saw everyone's prayers going up to heaven and how they came down, and she saw it as a beam of light. And I just thought that was really interesting, because sometimes we think that healing was just for Jesus' day, or we think it was just for the disciples. We think it was just for, you know, all these different things, but certainly it isn't for now, and that's not true. But we see that Jesus didn't touch people the same way, Every twice, actually. He never did it the same way. There was no pattern. And I think that we like to have patterns. And I, I know about me, I like to, like, if I see this happens twice the same way, there's a pattern. I remember when I was a young boy that I had a record player in my room, 
and someone giving it to me, and it didn't work very well. And it, I would try all these things to make it work, and it had mechanical issues, and it had electronic issues, and I really didn't know what to do with it, so I would try all these things. It's kind of like cross your fingers and, you know, raise your left foot, and maybe it'll work, you know. And I'd try and remember, when it would work, I'd try and remember, what did I do? And I'd try and react those steps, and it, it was just, it was a piece of junk. But, you know, I was trying to make it work and try and find a pattern, and that's how we are as human beings, We try and find patterns. So I think Jesus on purpose didn't show us a specific pattern because he wanted us to focus not on the pattern, but on the one who's actually healing. But I want us to look at what we talked about the last several weeks. So we saw blind Bartimaeus. He was sitting there along the way and heard Jesus was coming and he's crying out for Jesus. And Jesus talked to him and asked him what he wanted. And then Jesus spoke And he was healed. Yet another blind man, Jesus actually spat into the dirt, made a mud pie, and put the mud in his eye, which is kind of gross and nasty. But then when you stop to think about it, like all CSI, you think that Jesus actually spit his DNA, the DNA of God, down into the dirt, like God created our bodies out of dirt. And God's DNA going into the dirt, going into their made an eye, I mean, it's just pretty crazy. You know, I could digress. But I'd love to see a CSI, you know, reenactment of that so you see the anyway I just I thought that was really cool we saw Jairus had his daughter who was really really ill and he's standing there at the waist at the um, side waiting for Jesus to come across the lake and jumping you know come on Jesus come this way and Jesus actually went to that girl's bedroom and prayed for her he told all the people who were doubting and unbelief to get out and Jesus went to her bedroom and the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus didn't even know she was around. Jesus wasn't even actively a part of that miracle. He was just there. She's the one who wove her way through the, the whole crowd and grabbed a hold of his, his, his um, cloth, you know, and just the, the, the hem of his cloth. And it just, that healing came to her. Jesus wasn't even part of that. He was like, hey, what happened? He starts looking around. We looked at that. Then we saw the 10 lepers, how they came to Jesus. And he didn't lay hands on all of them. He didn't say, okay, now, all right, y'all are all good to go. Here you go, rah, rah, rah. He's like, no, go and present yourself to the priest. And they left with leprosy. We looked at how that was such a leap of faith for them because they weren't supposed to go into town if they weren't healed already. And, and as they went, God healed them. Jesus did it all kinds of different ways. But in John chapter 14, we look and we see the scripture, starting with verse 10. Jesus is speaking. He says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. Jesus is giving us an example of how we are to be. So Jesus is saying, I'm not coming doing all these great miracles that you're seeing. I'm not doing all these things because I'm the son of God. Because, you know, I'm here. I'm perfect. I never sinned. I got it all going on. Y'all, you know, I don't know about y'all. But, you know, this is me. I'm perfect. He's like, no, let me just tell you that even here, as I'm walking this out, the words I speak are not my own, but as my father who lives in me. He does his work through me. So can I suggest to you that that is still the same today? That I, I'm putting me in this. I 
I'm telling you, the words I speak every week are not my own. God forbid. You, nobody wants to hear my words. My own kids don't want to hear my jokes. But, you know, no one wants to hear my words. But it's the Father who lives in me. I'm trying to do his work through me. That is my goal. But not only me, because you can say, well, you're the pastor. That, yeah, I can kind of see that. But that's all of us. That should be the words we speak to the people, either our neighbors or our co-workers or people that are in school with us or those that are around us. It's not our own words. But God wants to do his work through us. Jesus goes on, verse 11, he says, just believe. Verse 12, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater. So right here, we see the proof of what Miss Janelle wrote in that thing of an experience that she had. They believed, it was in a church, they believed in God. And the same works, that woman was raised from the dead in their very church service. And yet, even greater works. Because I'm going to be with the Father, Jesus says. We can ask God to do something. But he says, I'm not just doing what I want to do. I'm doing what I see the Father doing. And as I've already told you, I'm going to retell the story. And much of this is a recap to build our faith. But I saw that chair there. And I saw that God wanted to do something. So these are the same works that Jesus did. He wants to do when we lay hands. In first service, we laid hands on people. And I believe that the same works that Jesus did, because we believe John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus explained that he only does what he sees the Father doing. And I talked to you guys about when he saw Jairus standing there at the, the seaside waiting for him. He's like, come on, my daughter. And he saw her in her bedroom, and Jesus saw her being raised from the dead. So whenever the woman with the issue of the blood stopped them and delayed him, they came to him and said, hey, don't bother the master anymore. Now it's time to transition into your grieving time. It's time for you to bury your daughter. It's time for you to start this different side of your life now without your daughter. And he's like, Jesus. And Jesus is like, don't worry about it. I'm still coming to your house. I, I saw what's going to happen. I think whenever Lazarus was sick and they sent him the message that your best friend Lazarus is sick, you need to get to him. He's like, he saw then a vision of God the Father raising Lazarus from the dead and calling him out of the tomb. He's like, okay, we're going to stay here for a few more days. And they're like, did you not hear us? Your best friend is sick. If you go, you will heal him. But that wasn't the will of God. The will of God was for Lazarus to be raised from the dead. And Jesus says, we're going to hang out here. So much that he was in human form. We talked about all this a recap. But he was there and he cried because his best friend had died. But he had a vision. He did what he sees his father doing. That is also what he does. John 8, 28, Jesus said that when you lift the Son of Man on the cross, you will understand that I am He and I do nothing on my own, but I say only what the Father taught me. So Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. So when I saw someone sitting in this chair and God wanted to heal them, I can relate to what God is saying. That is not on my own 
understanding. It's nothing of myself. Another version of that Jesus said, I do nothing on my own initiative. He's like, hey, I don't have my own goals. I don't have my own things here. I only speak the things that God taught me. If you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 3. And this whole story really, really jumped out at me. We looked at this last week. that Peter and John, verse 1, went to the temple to take part in a prayer service. So the 21 days of prayer that we just ended wasn't anything new. People have been going to prayer services forever. This was their normal thing for them to go to prayer. And as they approached the temple, they saw a man lame from birth being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate so that he could beg from the people going. So from birth, and I told you that most people think this guy was in his 40s, He's been lame. He hasn't been able to walk. And he's sitting there. And somebody's bringing him and leaving him there till later to come and get him at night. And he's just begging. And we see these people even today. Hey, you got any change? You got anything you can give me? Hey, won't you help me? Can you, can you have mercy on me? You got anything you can spare? I mean, all the different ways they get him. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently and said, But here I want to pause that I believe that they'd walked past him so many times going to church. They knew who he was. Everybody knew who he was. We'll see in a moment. They saw him so many times. But what was different about this day? That moment it says in in verse 4. Peter and John looked at him intently. I believe when they saw him that day, They saw God wanted to do something in his life. That this wasn't a normal day of walking beside him. It wasn't like yesterday. It wasn't like last week. That Peter said to him, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. So his expectation was way down here. That lame man did not have expectation to be healed. He wasn't even asking for healing. He was asking for money. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. What was different about that moment, again, I believe, is he saw in the spirit realm that God was going to do something with him. Today was different. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him and heard him praising God. And when they realized that he was the lame beggar they had so often seen, seen so often, they were absolutely astonished. But now do we take from this message that every time you see a lame man sitting there, you walk over and jerk him up and say, get up in the name of Jesus? I want to suggest to you, no. I want to suggest to you that it was something they saw God do. That doesn't mean you can't pray for anyone who wants prayer for anything. But what I'm suggesting to you is there are moments in time that God says, right now is that guy's time. 
There's another story in the Bible that it said that the people that were sick and had problems in their body, they would sit by the pool and just ever so often, we don't really even know when, there was no pattern to it, there's nothing, all of a sudden an angel would swoop in and swirl the water around and the first one in got their healing. I mean, there's no science to that. There's no even faith in that. It's just you got to sit there and wait. Will it be today? No, it wasn't today. Okay, maybe it'll be tomorrow. Man, I was too late to jump in the pool. I mean, I have some comical things that I can think about right now, and I won't go there. You know, how'd they get all the people that couldn't walk out from the bottom of the pool whenever they weren't the first one in? I don't know all those things. I'm telling you, it's comical what I'm thinking right now. But God chose that day to be the day. And the guy that was stuck outside church walked in with them. But in Acts chapter 3, verse 12, Peter saw an opportunity and he addressed the crowd. I love this. People of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us? As though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness. What is so surprising about praying for somebody and God healing them? Why are you so looking at me? Why are you looking at us? Why are you look? What in the world? Do you think I have the power to do this? Or that I'm more godly? Do you think, oh, I went to 21 days of prayer, so therefore I am now all set. I'm perfect. I'm ready to go. I, I can't pray enough. I can't talk well enough. I can't do enough to make anybody do anything. Continues. For it is God who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. It is God. It is God. It is God. Verse 16. Through faith. In the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Through faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. See, he's pointing to the fact that Jesus had done amazing miracles And for somehow they became accustomed to that. And they became to understand that that was Jesus. That's Jesus. He's the son of God. Okay, he's the son of God. But now here other people are doing. He's like, it's not me. When Jesus is describing himself, he goes, it's not me. It's only what I see my father doing. It's only what I hear him saying that I say. Can I challenge you to be? Challenged with me to only say what the Father says, to only do what the Father does. That through the name of Jesus. Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus, he goes, what do you want me to do for you? We looked at that. And all he'd been asking for up to that point was for mercy. Can you give me some money? Can you help me out? When Jesus says, what do you want me to do? He says, I want to see. I firmly believe that had he stuck with mercy or can he give me some money, Jesus probably would have given him some money and kept walking. Jesus was asking him, where was his faith? This guy at the, at the temple, he didn't have any faith. All his faith was, was give me some money. But there was a point in time 
The woman with the issue of blood, she had her faith up here. And she pressed through. She wasn't going to let anybody get, she let people step on her. It didn't matter. She was getting to Jesus. See, all of these different levels of faith, all these different level of expectations, or lack thereof, we see in these stories. I have a story of my own. When I was traveling on the road, there was a girl that was in our, in our group. I'm trying to be very conservative and vague in some of the stuff because I don't want her to, if she were ever to hear this, to be able to know who it is. That may be difficult for me. It was difficult in the first service. But she was blind. And she would say that she wanted God to heal her. And she would say, talk about that hopefully someday God does that. And towards the end of our time together, there was a night that we were praying and not praying for her to receive her sight. But in the midst of praying in a prayer meeting that we had, all of a sudden I knew the presence of God was there to heal her and for her to see. And I'm telling you, the presence of God was so strong in that room. The presence of God was so incredible that you could like reach out and touch it. Like it's, it was just so strong there. And I knew that that was the moment. Just like Peter and John knew that was the moment, I knew that was the moment for this girl. See, I hadn't prayed for her those other times. If she asked for prayer for something, I would pray for what she asked for. But it was never the moment of saying, I really want to see. This night it was there. This night, I'm telling you, it was as sure as I'm standing here, it was there. We start praying for her. And I start seeing God do just, you could feel the momentum was heading that way. And all of a sudden, she started backing up. And fear took over for her. And fear stopped her. And I have my own ideas. I've I've come to grips with what happened that night. I went home and I was just like crying, doubling up like wanting to throw it from my guts because it's like, oh, the presence of God was there to heal her. That's what the, the will of God was. It was all there and she stepped back. Pastor that I was serving for, known to be a word of faith man, Back in those days, we had, uh, if someone got healed in church, they'd put up whatever they got healed from on the side wall. You know, there's crutches up there. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff on the wall, you know, and it was a trophy and a testimony of what God had done. And man, he, he had stuff all over the wall. His sister got sick with cancer. So man, he just like doubled down and man, he was really going forward. He's going praying over every day. She probably had more oil on her than, you know, some guy works in an oil factory. You know, I mean, she, he was just there. He was just giving to her. He made her special recordings for her to pray, you know, with him praying the scriptures over. It's a sister praying, you know, that by Jesus' stripes, she was healed and she'll live and not die and just declaring and just put the stuff on loop and just listen to it all the time. Put her, she got into the hospital, brought her and put her in her hospital room and he'd go there every day and pray for her. And he started fasting. He fasted for two weeks, three weeks, or maybe it was a month. I don't know. He had the whole church. We were fasting and praying, believing for her to get well. And she died. 
he was devastated. It was at the funeral or shortly thereafter that another sister told her that the sister who had died confided in her that she didn't have the the will to live anymore and she was tired and she just wanted to go home to be with God see no amount of that pastor that I served under his faith was so strong it wasn't enough for her she needed it on her own. And she'd fought that fight so much. And it taught us so much at that point. It taught me as a young minister an awful lot. God will not violate your will. Bartimaeus, what do you want? It was obvious what he needed. Bartimaeus, what do you want? I want to see, okay? Man at the temple, get up. If he had said, no, 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 don't touch me, I don't think anything would have happened. I think in them telling him what God wanted to do and them reaching down and grabbing hold of him, that that was the moment that it just all hit for him. And we don't know privately what he was asking for. We don't know any of those things. Why am I telling you that when we're trying to build your faith up because we're going to pray for people? We don't know how God, how Jesus is going to heal people or how he will answer the question. But you see, the same way Peter said, why are you looking at me? It's not about me. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing magical about this chair. There's nothing special about this oil and it smells really good. There's nothing great about this building other than it's pretty. There's nothing here if God doesn't show up. But it is through faith in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that God has given Jesus a name that is higher, that is above every other name. So God who created the entire earth and told man to name everything and said, here, go out and call everything, give it names, whatever you want. He trumps all of that when he sent his son. He goes, man, I gave Jesus the name that is above every other name. Just naming your kid Jesus or Jesus doesn't give them the name above every other name, all right? It is God who gave that name to Jesus. That's why when they're saying it was in faith in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they're like, hey, we're not going to make any chances that you're mistaking who we're talking about here. It's faith in the Son of God that heals people. So in a moment, we're going to finish out the service and we'll give opportunity we prayed for people in the first service, and if there's people who want to be prayed for in the second service, that's what we're here for. But it's faith in the name. You have to get yourself aligned because God's word is going to accomplish something. But in my pastor's sister, God fulfilled that word 
when she went to heaven. She was no longer sick. All of our prayers were answered, but not in the way that we thought that it would. But you see, it says that Isaiah 55, 10, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Verse 11, so my word, God says, that goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word tells us to lay hands on the sick. God's word and a vision of showing me that we're to pray for people sitting in that chair for this service. It will not return to him empty. How it happens is not up to me. It's not even up to you. Is it going to be an instantaneous thing? Or is it going to be an as you go that one day you realize, hey, that thing I, we prayed for that day, I haven't felt that pain in a long time. I, you know, I can't even remember the last time I felt that pain. I know that happens so often. Maybe it'll be something when you're getting in your car. I don't know how it will be, or maybe it'll be when you get to heaven. I don't know, but I know God's word says it will not return empty. It accomplishes the word. Dr. Kennedy, I heard him tell this story, and it just stuck out with me. He says, if someone comes to you and asks you for prayer because they're sick, he goes, you pray for them. If they die... You pray for him again to raise him from the dead. And if God doesn't raise him from the dead, you bury him. And I'm like, you see, in that he's putting all of the focus, I'm nothing. It is for me to obey. So if someone wants prayer for being sick, hey, we're going to lather up some of this oil and we're going to pray for you. We're going to obey God's word. And if something happens that that's not what happens and they die, we're also going to come and pray and ask God to raise you from the dead. And if that doesn't happen, okay, it's not on me. It's God. It's through faith in the name of Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me? Faith in the name of Jesus. Father God, I've tried. Though I've been very distracted this morning. I've tried to lay out your words. I've shown the the examples of Jesus and the different ways that he touched people and they were healed how you did it different every time, Jesus. But even you said, it's not me. I don't have my own agenda. I just do what I see my Father doing. And I just say what I hear him say. Father, I'm speaking forth what I heard you say. And I'm obeying what I saw you do. Lord, at the core level, I pray that that's all of us, that we only do what we see you do, and we only say what we hear you say. 
Lord, we're about to open the altars in just a moment for people to come and get prayer. And Lord, I recognize that there's nothing that I can do for anyone. But Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the power of the name of Jesus that is highly exalted, that God put above every other name. And I have faith in that name. I have faith in me obeying what you told me to do, to lay hands on people, that you will accomplish your work. So Father, I pray for everyone that's here, that's going to sit here. Lord, I know everyone isn't able to be here, and Lord, there's people going to listen to this podcast, Lord. There are people who are going to watch this video. There are people watching through stream, through all kinds of different mediums, God. And you're not bound by time or space. So Lord, I pray that if we can lay hands on people, that you do some amazing in them. But Lord, if they can't be here, that Lord, as they extend their faith to you in whatever way they believe they're supposed to do that, that Lord, you meet them right where they're at. Father God, I'm asking you to touch your people. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.